Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number is 877 You know, it's difficult to sort through what Fauci says, the CDC, they put up their charts. They reversed course from just a week ago, the administration did. So I want to explain this, having digested all of it over the last several days. I've really dug into this. If you've been vaccinated... The vaccine is over 95% effective. What does that mean? 95% effective at what? At immunizing you from the coronavirus disease. Over 95% effective. So if you go outside and let's say you're walking around or you're having a picnic or you're riding a horse and you come across somebody who's not vaccinated and has the coronavirus... Number one, it's not necessarily mean you would get it even if you didn't have the vaccine. But you, if you do have the vaccine, you are immunized from getting the coronavirus from that person. That's the point of getting a vaccine. You can't force everybody in the country to get vaccinated. Everybody in the country won't get vaccinated, whether it's the polio vaccination, or any other vaccination. You're not going to get 100% compliance. You may not even get 90% compliance. You may not get a 70% compliance. You are vaccinated to protect you from the coronavirus. When you get the flu shot, you're protecting yourself from getting the flu to the extent those flu shots work, and they're not nearly as effective as, say, Pfizer or Moderna or Johnson & Johnson. 
Now, the CDC can put out, you know, don't walk together, don't run together, don't do this, don't do that. The CDC has put out a lot of very crazy stuff from the beginning. Don't wear a mask, do wear a mask, wear two masks, Fauci, wear goggles. He's not even in the CDC, but you get the point. The whole point of the vaccination is to allow you to live your life. And that's what people are doing. I'm here in Florida right now. Some people are wearing masks, some aren't. They'll do whatever they want. I'm vaccinated. It's not like I go up to them and give them a slobbering wet kiss anyway. But I'm vaccinated. These tiny, tiny, microscopic uh, bacteria, if you will, that travel. You can get that if you're standing 20 feet away from a person. MIT just came out with a report and said, six feet or 60 feet, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. We have other reports that say all this hand cleansing is irrelevant. It is an airborne virus, not a surface virus. Let's say it's surface. Let's say it's airborne. Let's say it's 60 feet apart. If you get the vaccine, you're immunized. It doesn't care how that virus attacks you so you don't have control over what other people do if other people don't get vaccinated so be it if they do get vaccinated great but you are immunized now i just went and looked i looked to see how many people who've gotten the vaccine have gotten the virus almost none Well, now they talk about there's other strands out there. I want you to see how the CDC has just frightened the hell out of people. There's other strands out there. Almost nobody in this country has gotten another strand out there. It seems to be unique to particular geographic areas and so forth. We're not sure why. But there isn't a pandemic of another strain across the country taking place or more strains across the country taking place. It's not happening. There are little pockets here and there. Minuscule. Now, Pfizer's working on a pill that will have the effect of prolonging the vaccine that you received. And should there be some kind of hybrid or something else out there, fighting that. This is how this is supposed to work, except it's working at warp speed. And they hope to have it by the end of the year, and so will others. But you have to live your life now. The occasions of catching this virus are plummeting. That's why you don't see graphs and charts on the the, uh, TV anymore. They're literally plummeting. People dying from this disease, plummeting. Because of the vaccine and other aspects after a while, a virus, having worked its way through the population, having resonated throughout the population, and the body starts to fight back, the therapeutics have been really, really improved. I mean, they're exceptional now. And then there's the vaccines. So live your life. You don't have to be a fool. You know, 28 people in an elevator is kind of stupid. But in terms of your basic lifestyle activity, live your life. You've got the vaccine. The vaccine has now been used on over 100 million people. They work, and they're working. 
I don't want any calls about this. I'm just trying to clarify some things because people are texting me and asking me questions. They work. Now, let's say you walk around and people aren't wearing masks. First of all, you can't control that, even if you wanted to. Secondly, many of those people have had the virus, so they have the antibodies, or many of those people have been vaccinated based on the percentage of the population that's received vaccines. And a certain percentage of the population, I'll just throw it out there, I I don't know, 20-30% are not going to get vaccinated. So what are you going to do, live in your basement the rest of the life? You got vaccinated. The test isn't you get vaccinated and the other person across the room has to get vaccinated in order for your vaccine to work. That's not how it works. Your vaccine works no matter what the other guy across the room has or has not done. Okay? It's the best I can explain it. Now, people people can interpret it differently. People can decide, I need 100% perfection. That I'm very, very focused on this, laser focused on this. I I can't survive. If if other people have it, I have to live in a bubble. That's ridiculous. You don't have to. You need not. You've been vaccinated. That's the point. You're going to be fine. You can be careful. Settle down. You're going to be fine. This virus is on the way out. Not because we wished it, not because of hocus-pocus, but because of real scientists doing real things. Real scientists doing real things, creating vaccines and therapeutics. If you've been vaccinated, you're going to be fine. It's like they pulled this Johnson & Johnson vaccine because 6, 7, 8, 12 people out of 7 million who received the vaccine had some kind of blood clot. They don't even know if it's from the vaccine. That's a lot of people, 7 million people, to have basically one in a million who have this this effect. That's one of the greatest vaccines on the face of the earth because vaccines typically are much more harsh than that. This is a spectacular achievement. And you should live like it is. It's not like you're walking around, those of you who have been vaccinated without the vaccine, We've had a number of things taking place here, the experts tell us, and they're not all at the CDC. At Stanford, at MIT, at Johns Hopkins, some of the best schools on the face of the earth. And they're telling us. Now the data is in. Now they're looking at it. They're studying it. They're not trying to be contrarians. They're not trying to be, uh, you know, tough guys and provocateurs. They're telling you what they see. That the lockdown should never have happened. That the vaccines have saved lives. Many. That the therapeutics are fantastic. That we know which populations were were the, the most vulnerable. Which is why they were the first in many states like Florida to get the vaccination. And that if you have the vaccine and somebody else doesn't, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. It's time for Americans to recalibrate their thinking. To stop being scared. You have a greater likelihood now of getting hit by a car. Let me change that. Of dying in a car accident. So if you got the, the vaccine, some of you don't want to, that's up to you. I'm not, I'm not your mom. I'm not your dad. You do what you want. I'm talking about 
you got the vaccine, the science tells us, and it is a fact now, tens of millions of Americans have gotten it, that they work. And they work to protect you from the virus. Now, oddly enough, people say, yeah, but really, you're getting it to prevent somebody else from you. No, you're not. You're taking that vaccine. It's going into your body to protect your body, to protect you, not somebody else. You're protected against people who've been vaccinated, which is ridiculous because they can't harm you, and people who haven't been vaccinated. They can't harm you either. I'm just telling you. It's time to calm down a little bit. It's time to really understand what's taking place here. What is the purpose of a vaccine? We've never had a situation where 100% of the people take a vaccine. We don't have 100% of the people getting flu shots. And so just to repeat, the number of people getting this virus is cratering. And the number of people dying from this virus is cratering even more. That's why Joe Biden spoke today, based on what the CDC whispered in his ear, to try and take credit for the fact that if you go outside and just live your life, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. Now the CDC, of course, they're bureaucrats. The CDC is loaded with red tape and overweight bureaucrats. Sounds like a good place. Some of it is, some of it's not. But they would have you live in your basement. They don't live in their basement. Fauci doesn't live in his basement over there at the Infectious Disease Center. But they would have you live in your basement. They'd have the economy shut down. They'd have America look like North Korea, economically speaking. But that's not who we are, and that's not what's going to happen. So don't punish yourselves. Live your life. Be smart about it. Be smart about it, and things will work out. I want to address many more things, one thing in particular when we get back, so stick with us. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show, and my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. All right, folks. Well, you go to Amazon.com, you will see posted on Amazon.com. 
the new book. It's called American Marxism. And um, I want to mention a couple things about this. I don't know if there will be an effort to censor the book. I don't know if there will be an effort to cancel the book or even me. So in that regard, it's strength in numbers. Those of you who are thinking, yeah, I'll get this book when it comes out on July, what is it, July 13th. Uh, I'll wait till then. I just want to encourage you to, if you can, if this is something you want to do, to act now. Because, uh, as I say, there's strength in numbers. And if our enemies and our opponents in the world see that this is something you're very, very interested in dealing with and addressing and fighting against, uh, they're going to be less likely to try the usual cancel culture censorship stuff. Now, the way I looked into this further today, the way the Amazon discounts work is, let's say you were to pre-order the book today. And let's say all of a sudden, three weeks from now, they have this massive discount. You get the massive discount. So you're protected. So I would like to encourage you. I know this is so weird, but what, what can I do? I would like to encourage you. If this is something you're, you're thinking of doing, do it today. Or do it right away. The book is called American Marxism. It is the most important book that I've ever written, given the times that we're in. A handful of people have read it and have said that this is the best book I've written. It does a number of things all at once as you work your way from one chapter to the next. You will see it's substantive. It doesn't just regurgitate things you already know. My book digs into the the birth of these different ideologies, um, how these ideologies have spread and how they have spread so quickly. We get into all kinds of uh, aspects of this culture and society. And red flags are everywhere. And then I said, now I need to talk about what we should do about it. The last chapter is 10,000 words long. For most books, that's 25% of the book. Not for this book. It's about 12 or 13% of the book. That is, I don't just leave you hanging with your jaw hitting the floor. Now, I want to get into this in a little bit more detail uh, when you return. Again, the book is called American Marxism. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans 
Receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. One of the things we have to do, things we all have to learn to do, is take our language back, speak out, and have some courage. The simple title of the book, American Marxism, will, of course, offend the left, And the green eye sheet technocrats will say, well, it's not technically Marxism. Ladies and gentlemen, I spend part of the book taking the language back. The fundamentals of Marxism are what we're faced with today. It's that simple. It's not Americanism. It's not Republicanism or constitutionalism or federalism. It's not individualism. It's not freedom. It's not liberty. These are the bastard children of Marx. That is the ideology that we're confronting. And it has spawned numerous movements in this country, as I discuss in the book. These are not democratic socialists, as I've said many times. They're not populists. They're not progressives. They're not what they choose to call themselves to confound and confuse our fellow citizens. At their core, they are Marxists. Whether they work for media organizations or tenured professors, whether they're playing basketball, whether they're in Congress, whether they're burning down our buildings and our streets, whether they're looting and attacking cops, this is why they cannot oblige or tolerate constitutionalism or capitalism. They even use the language of the Marxist. Joe Biden will do that tomorrow night while he's giving his pro forma Marxist speech. He'll be talking about the rich. He'll be talking about class warfare. He'll be talking about the need to do this and do that. It'll all be government. It'll all be heavy-handed. If Congress doesn't act, he'll act. These are all, again, statements, symbols, of a Marxist ideology. I call it American Marxism, not German Marxism, not British Marxism. And I also explain in the book how it's been Americanized and how that's happened, what that means. So we go a long way, and of course this is not most of the book, the book it covers a ton of territory, but we've go a long way if we start to call a Marxist, a Marxist. And if they want to have that debate, we have that debate. This class warfare stuff, oppressed and oppressor, this is what you hear all the time. This is what you hear from the media. This is what you hear from Black Lives Matter and Antifa. This is what you hear in critical race theory. This is what you hear when the climate change 
Green New Deal zealots and fanatics attack industry and capitalism. I also address critical gender theory and critical immigration theory, I call it. They call it Latin cricks. I know you never heard of it before. You will now. Lays it all out in plain English. So you can see the likelihood of the counterattack or the reaction. You know, liberals used to strongly disagree with people like me, but they would also argue, look, you got to let people speak in the debate. That's not the case anymore. That's simply not the case anymore. I'm not going to allow my voice, and particularly this book, to be squelched, to be censored. None of that's going to happen. I don't care how much attack I come under or that book comes under. And as I said, they're less likely to try and play games if you folks act and act early. I, honest to God, when I write a book like this, I'm not thinking about money. I don't need to think about money. I'm just being honest with you. I always am. Thinking, what can I do to help save this country? What can I do to reach out, to get people to become active? What can I do to change the dialogue? What can I do to to grab the language and take the language back? What can I do? And this is what I did. I started writing it. The earliest part of the riots last summer, I had to stop to see how things were shaking out. I picked up again, then I had to stop the election to see how things were shaking out. And then I picked up again. And then I began writing feverishly because I felt it needs to get out. I'm hoping that you'll read this book. I'm hoping that you'll give this book to your children and your grandchildren particularly those going into college or in college, particularly those in high school. So they can be armed, so they know what's going on. So you can counter-educate them about what's going on in this country. And so in your own neighborhoods, in your own streets, or your own workplace, with your own colleagues and neighbors and so forth, when they say, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? Where should we move Is there another country? You've heard this talk. I've heard this talk constantly. I try to address that too. Now, Obviously, I can't tell you everything that's in the book. Publisher would be furious and just not the way it works. But I'm giving you a lot of concepts, context about what I've done here. And I really hope... I really hope this lights a fuse the way liberty and tyranny worked with the Tea Party. That is my hope. Because after this, I don't know where we go. I don't know where we go. I don't just write books to write books. I don't just do radio to do radio. I don't just go on Fox or have Levin TV to go on Fox or have Levin TV. It's not my nature. It's not who I am. I turned down more television shows than you can imagine. Three or four a week. And I did it lately to finish this book. I'm not interested in being noticed when I walk down the street. That's not something that appeals to me, ever. That's not who I am. I remember that line in Patton, the movie Patton, my favorite movie, where he says, glory is fleeting. Glory is fleeting. 
Glory is fleeting. Think about that. It's true. So it's not about glory. It's about our kids and our grandkids. It's about the next generation. It's also about what kind of country you want to live in. You see how quickly this has happened to us. But this has been building. We just didn't notice it. It's been building in places that you're not familiar with. It's been promoted by people you don't know. You'll know them now. You'll know them by name. And you'll know what they've been doing. And the Republican Party, for the most part, doesn't have a clue. With Liz Cheney still out there attacking Donald Trump and Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley. And yet she's the the big hawk, she and others, who want to fight communists. She doesn't have a clue of what's swirling around in her own country. Not a clue. Donald Trump understood it. He understood it viscerally. Because he's a man of enormous common sense who loves this country. Joe Biden doesn't love this country. Does he act like a man who loves this country? Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, do they act like people who love this country? Do the media love this country? No, the Democrat Party and their surrogates hate this country. This is what they tell us every day. You're racists, we're racists, and it's not just that. And the measure, the test, is whether we're perfect or not? Really? Whether we're perfect or not? So I destroy that meme as well. You look at all these books I've written, except for Rescuing Sprite, which was a deeply personal book. But whether it started with Men in Black on the Supreme Court, moved to liberty and tyranny because I was listening to certain of these Republican politicians absolutely abusing the idea of what conservatism is and was. And so that was directed at the establishment and the rhinos, but also at reintroducing conservatism and the opposite of conservatism, statism, <clears throat> to, the, to us, to the citizenry. And I'm not going to go through each one. Then I went into a meritopia, perhaps one or two of the most difficult books I've ever written, where I went into philosophy. And among those, I wrote about Karl Marx. And also others who didn't mean to be tyrants, but laid out a, <clears throat> an agenda, a philosophy, for tyrants. Whether it's Plato's Republic, or Utopia, Communist Manifesto, well, he meant it, and so forth. And I compare them to our founding. Then there were things I thought we had to do, like the Liberty Amendments. We needed to get our Constitution back. And plunder and deceit. Explain what they were doing to us economically. And so many others. And then, of course, rediscovering Americanism, which was a brutal expose of the modern-day progressive, their history and their background, including their ties to the communist ideology. Unfreedom of the press. Unfreedom, a crucially important word. My wife came up with that title, unfreedom of the press. It's the opposite of what they claim to be. And they were utterly undressed in this book. But none of those books matter. If we lose this country, I don't care how many warning flares we send up. 
So who are these people? What are their backgrounds? Where do they come from? How do they come up with these tactics? These elitists who promote them, these mouthpieces who praise them and celebrate them. What's going on in our country? Other than a few platitudes or surface arguments, we need to look much deeper. And how do we defend this society? By constantly reciting passages from this document or that document? We must embrace them. Don't get me wrong. And I use them to invigorate and inspire. But it's time, ladies and gentlemen. It's time. It's time to push back. It's time to engage in each and every one of you in your own life. You don't even have to change your lives that much. But each and every one of you can make a huge difference in a relatively minor way. The Reagan revolution rose up against years and years and years of profligate big government and appeasement overseas. And first they had to defeat the Republican establishment and then defeat the Democrats. The Tea Party revolution rose up because people had had enough. Enough of Barack Obama and quite frankly enough of the Bushes. It was a spontaneous civil revolution against those who had gotten comfortable and fat undermining our country, wittingly and unwittingly. Then all of a sudden, Donald Trump is elected, you elected him, to stop what had been taking place in the Obama-Biden years. And these forces that I write about and I talk about in the book would have none of it. In no time in American history have these forces been so brazen and so bold, so radical and so violent against a president and his supporters, tens of millions of Americans. At no time, at least since the Civil War. The enemy we face today is more complicated the task is even more daunting in many ways. Not in every way, but many ways. Because it comes from within. Many of our institutions have been conquered and devoured by these Marxists. Education, colleges and universities, now our public schools. Even corporate America. Entertainment. No more Johnny Carson. No, every night it's the same reprobate with the same lecture and the same propaganda. The Democrat Party is the political vessel through which these people now operate. So it's more daunting than ever before. But we're red-blooded Americans. We don't roll over. We don't accept this. And this book is intended to rally you, to educate all of us about Marxism in a very understandable way, 
how its tentacles have reached throughout our culture. It's not a red scare. It is a fact. How to refuse to be intimidated, how to speak up, where this is taking place, how it's taking place, who's behind it, and what we can do about it. If you would pre-order a copy, I would definitely appreciate it. The more the merrier, because I know the hell it's coming. Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, they all have direct links. Amazon.com, you can just type in American Marxism. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. See, Buttigieg out there that the U.S. can learn from other countries on infrastructure. Well, what does he mean by that? It doesn't mean learn from other countries. What's to learn from other countries on infrastructure? He's talking about countries that are Marxist, which we call socialists, but I say are Marxists. Socialism is a, is a form of Marxism. I know the technocrats will say, well, Marx wrote this. I'm well familiar with the Marx. I've studied him for 40 years. I'm well familiar with Marx. Where did redistribution of wealth come from? Where did proletariat and bourgeoisie come from? Oppressed and oppressor. Where did material historicism come from? And yet this, these are the general foundational points or fundamental principles of Marxism with a few others added in. And this is what you hear every day. And then you hear, no, 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 we're not Marxists. What a red scare, something like that. What, what are you doesn't matter what they say. It matters what we think and what we do and what we say. Mother's Day is around the corner, everyone, and my friends at Chaminade are making it a very special day for those amazing women in our lives. During the Mother's Day sale, get that special lady the greatest skincare products in the world at a once-in-a-lifetime special promotion. Order the classic Genesel for bags and puffiness, and get the jawline treatment and Zotique deep correcting serum absolutely free. And as a surprise Mother's Day gift, Genesel will also include their legendary Genesel XV anti-wrinkle treatment and moisturizer, also free. That's three free gifts when you order today. 
Make this Mother's Day one to remember with the greatest skincare that money can buy. Chamonix promises you'll see results within 12 hours, guaranteed, or your money back. Go to Genesel.com or call 800-SKIN-604. Three free gifts with your Genesel order today. Don't wait. Call them right now or click right now. Happy Mother's Day from Chamonix. Genesel.com, that's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com or 800-SKIN-604. You'll get a special gift, and every order is upgraded to free priority shipping. 800-SKIN-604 or Genucel.com. Give it a shot. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. You know, Joe Biden is uh, like the prebubescent, jealous young teenager who keeps raising his hand trying to draw attention to himself. Now, what am I talking about? In the case of this vaccine and, and this virus, these vaccines and this virus, Joe Biden has contributed literally nothing. Literally nothing. And, of course, he and his media pals want you to think that he's done it all. We pointed out yesterday, thanks to our friends at Breitbart, that over 170,000 people have died from this virus since Joe Biden was president of the United States. You won't see that in any graphic or chart, on any cable TV show, on any monitor in the country. That's a lot of people. Is Joe Biden responsible for each and every one of their deaths? Well, according to Joe Biden, he is. According to Kamala Harris, yes, he is. So what has Joe Biden done about any of this? Well, when Johnson & Johnson was yanked for a couple of weeks, was it, or 10 days, uh, by the FDA, did Biden step in and say, no, no, we're only talking about six or seven people? No. Now, Trump would have and said, this is ridiculous. And, of course... The government bureaucrats uh, reversed course about 10 days later and just put a warning on the, uh, on the vaccination package, which none of us see. Typically, the way it works is they say, roll up your sleeve, and they give you a shot in the arm. I don't know. Have you ever read the vaccine, vac- vaccination package, Mr. Producer? No, we don't read that, so it's so ridiculous. So he's done literally nothing. President Trump and his team ordered hundreds of millions of all potential vaccines coming from at least half a dozen major pharmaceutical companies. And the one little hiccup occurred, occurred under Biden's watch. And so now we all know if you get vaccinated and you go outside and you're not, you know, in a scrum every day, uh, you're taking a walk, playing baseball, you don't have to wear a mask. You got a vaccination. Rand Paul was trying to explain this to Fauci repeatedly. Repeatedly. At a hearing a few weeks ago. 
Mr. Infectious Disease Expert. He kept saying, what is the point of a vaccine? You get a vaccine so you don't have to wear the mask. But he's the Fouch. He's got 50 years of playing with the Democrats and the left, and they want to use him in any way they can to attack uh, the former president and others. I think Fauci, it turns out, is a very dangerous man. You know, we in this program were the first to question him, to question what he was doing. It took a little while. It was all new. We were the first to question Cuomo and what Cuomo was doing. You can go back and listen. We were the first to question even the death count, how they were doing it, because we looked at the CDC website. And we looked at the CDC directions. We did this together, you'll recall, and I read them to you. But that's what we have. So now Joe Biden gets up and he says, starting today, because it's his 100th day as president, starting today, the CDC has said, and he regurgitates what the CDC said, you don't have to wear a mask outside, you know, with 412 caveats. Okay, fine. Meanwhile, he's outside all by himself, Mr. Producer, in America. He's outside all by himself. He's vaccinated, even though he mocked the entire Operation Warp Speed. And he walks to the podium wearing a mask. So in other words, what he said, he didn't follow. He's wearing a mask, walking to a podium on the White House lawn, where there's literally nobody else except one camera guy is about 25 feet away. And he's wearing his aviator glasses. Now, this is a man who's never been an aviator of any sort, let alone in the military. So he's wearing his aviator glasses because he's really cool, you know. And I contend he's wearing his Depends, too. Just saying. So here he is today. Cut one, go. Earlier today, the CDC made an important announcement. Starting today, if you're fully vaccinated and you're outdoors, you need, and not in a big crowd, you no longer need to wear a mask. Now, I, I don't know where this comes from, but I come to Florida about once a month, see my brother and so forth do things I need to do. And everybody down here already knows that. And everybody in every other state already knows that, except some of these totalitarian governors who are really enjoying their, uh, uh, the exercise of their despotic powers. Everybody knows if you've been vaccinated and you go outside, you don't have to wear a mask. These are idiots. These are scientists. They don't even follow their own science. This guy's a moron, this guy, Biden. So if you've been vaccinated, you go outside, and you're not in a big crowd, he says. You don't have to wear a mask. And he walks out to the podium wearing a mask. What he should have done is walked out to the podium without a mask, and he says, see, free, free at last. God Almighty, we're free at last. But no. Go ahead. I want to be absolutely clear. If you're in a crowd... First of all, like just, just stop for a second. Who in the world is going to take advice by this, from this halfwit anyway? 
He wants to be clear. Everybody, I want to hear what Joe has to say. Have you ever heard anybody say, I want to hear what Joe has to say? I want to hear what this mumbling, bumbling fool who can't complete words in a sentence. I'm hanging on his every phrase. I'm sitting on the end of my chair. I want to take advice from Joe Biden on how to conduct myself and whether or not to wear a mask. Ladies and gentlemen, we're the greatest people on the face of the earth because we have the greatest country on the face of the earth. We know when to wear a mask and when not to wear a mask. Look how they treat us. Look at the disrespect. Look how they talk down to us. Maybe the Democrat Party base is so stupid that they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground, but the rest of us do. I want to be perfectly clear. Go ahead. Or a concert. You still need to wear a mask even if you're outside. But beginning today, gathering with a group of friends in a park. God, so he stops. Pic- so he's like, a, he's like a damn dictator. Beginning today, as opposed to yesterday or, or a week before or three weeks ago, beginning today, you can do the following. But the science said you could do that a long time ago. Ah, beginning today, beginning today, because it's my hundredth day, and I and I insist that today is the day. The world swirls around Joe Biden and his career and his politics and his life. That's right. The earth circles around Biden. Go ahead. As long as you are vaccinated and outdoors, you can do it without a mask. The CDC. Thank God, I'm going to take my mask off now when I walk outside, Mr. Producer. If I get one of those grotesque looks from a liberal, it's the only look they know because it's permanent on their faces, most of them. I'll just have to say, but Joe Biden said I didn't have to. Oh, well, then that's okay. Oh, Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Is able to make this announcement because our scientists are convinced by the data that the odds of getting or giving the virus to others is very, very low. Yeah, we know this, you idiot. We already know it. And why are you walking to the podium with a mask when nobody's around you? Uh, Because I want to show. Well, let's see what he says. Cut to Mr. Producer. Go. If the risk is so low outdoors, why doesn't this new guidance apply to everybody? Because the science indicates that the most certain way to make sure it doesn't spread if both people have been vaccinated. No, no, no. Stop. See, this is the problem. So now... I'm vaccinated, so I can only get back into a routine if the guy across the street is vaccinated. Well, and the guy down the street's vaccinated, the guy at the 7-Eleven's vaccinated, my mechanic's vaccinated, the, the electrician, the plumber. The, what, what is this? What is this? That's the science? No, that's not the science, ladies and gentlemen. I said this at the top of the first hour. If you're vaccinated, you're vaccinated. You're immune. We know this because the companies that invented this, not this scatterbrained buffoon, the companies that invented these uh, these vaccinations have said they're 95% effective. When they came out, they said, oh, they're 95% effective, over 95%. Some said 100% effective. Okay, they didn't say 95 or 100% effective if you get it and the guy next to you gets it. They said it's 95 to 100% effective if you're vaccinated. 
They just keep raising the bar. This is a lie. It is a lie. Because I'm the one following the science. I'm the one that's reading what's said out there by experts. I'm not even running for office. I'm not a politician. If you're vaccinated, and the guy across the street isn't vaccinated, it doesn't matter. Because you're 95 to 100% immune. Now, I know doctors out there and scientists out there and experts out there, not most of them, but some of them will say, well, no, actually, if you, it, it is better. If it, what do you mean better? It either is or it isn't. These people make no sense. As I said, Rand Paul's pointing out to the expert on infectious diseases over and over again. Wait a minute. Are you telling us to get vaccinated? Then you're telling us to wear a mask. Well, what's the point of getting vaccinated? Well, under these circumstances, and if there's a full moon, and what, what are you talking about? Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be careful. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm careful. I don't want people breathing in my face. But honestly, I've never wanted people breathing in my face. When they lean down and they say, hey, Mark, how are you? And I can smell their breath. That's enough for me. I want my space. But I've always wanted my space. This comes naturally to Mark. This comes naturally to me. Remember, I had a three-foot rule. Apparently, should have been a six-foot rule. But MIT says, no, it could be a 60-foot rule. But personally, I have my own rules. Don't touch. No spittle, no breath. See that? I'm a walking genius. Did you notice that, Mr. Producer? No touch, no spittle, no breath. That's it. That's it. I'm the bubble man. I'm the original bubble man. But seriously, this isn't brain surgery. Maybe it is. Go ahead. We are with and you're outside. And you chose to wear a mask, sir, you chose to wear a mask, you chose to wear a mask as you walked out here. What message were you sending by wearing a mask outside alone? By watching me take it off and not put it back on till I get inside. (laughs) Oh, good Lord, how are we going to get through this? I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Why doesn't Black Lives Matter take some of the $90 million it raised, probably more than that, 
and help inner city communities and help African Americans and other minorities. Why don't they do that? See, the question demonstrates a lack of knowledge. They're not interested in improving the lives of anybody. That's the facade. That's the propaganda. They're Marxists. They're interested in destroying the existing society. Not improving lives under the existing society. And what did Marx say? There will be a period of despotism until we've reached the point of the workers' paradise. And so these are despots using despotism because they embrace Marxism. Now, how do we know that? Not only do they tell us, but it's obvious. Now, they get a lot of cover from the dunderheads in the media because these are the useful idiots, and some of them also share the ideology, but you dare not call them Marxists. Yet I do, and I can defend it and explain it. Same with the buffoons who, who call themselves actors on movie screens, on computer screens, on television screens. Our drama schools, like our journalism schools, are filled with morons. Or lectures from basketball players, particularly LeBron James, who's been slobbered all over his entire life who doesn't live in the communities he claims effectively to represent, rather than demonstrate and go into communities and talk about how to become successful, how to become self-reliant, that you need to be held to account, truly teaching people what it takes to be successful, character, hard work, I mean, everybody's not born six feet, ten inches tall, can, can sprint faster than most human beings, and so forth and so on. So they have to work harder than LeBron James. But there are myriad examples, in fact, infinite examples in this country, of people, including African Americans, including Hispanics, including people from all walks of life, becoming successful. Well, what is it? How did they become successful in this systemically racist society? If you're a systemically racist society, no minority should be successful. And rather than a handful of shootings a year, there should be thousands and thousands of shooting by the authorities, and not just cops, but the military. I mean, seriously, if you're systemically racist... Should be rounding people up the way they do in, you know, China. Where most of the corporatists in this country and athletic uh, leagues, professional leagues, and athletes have business deals, directly or indirectly. So that's the point. They have no they have no intention of improving the lives of people in the inner cities, black or otherwise. Why do you think they're attacking the cops? They're not attacking the cops because they're systemically racist. That's the bullcrap. Because they're not. They're attacking the cops because without cops, the whole society collapses. First the cities, then the towns around the cities, then certain states, and then the country. 
that you have your period of despotism. They're not fighting for black lives. That's why they're not giving money to black communities to help people. That's why they're handing it out to themselves as well as holding on to the money or giving some to one of the affiliate groups or a little here and there. That's why they condone arson and looting, destroying the very communities they claim to be concerned about. I mean, if you understand who they are and what they really believe, then you understand what's going on. says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. And that's the man who you can thank for the vaccinations. That's the man you can thank for getting back to normal. That's the man you can thank for saving lives, Donald Trump. Joe Biden's just a... Enough about him. Have you ever wondered why? You ever wonder why these riots that Black Lives Matter and Antifa, among others, are involved in? Why these stores are attacked? Not just major chains, but little stores. Little liquor stores, clothing stores, consignment stores. How many black store owners or Hispanic store owners, have we seen they come out, they're ups, well, they're emotionally distraught because of what's happened? Or you've seen them particularly target black police officers, get in their face and say things to them? Why do you think that is? Because whomever you are, if you're successful or you're part of this society, or you are trying to be successful, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem because you're supporting this society. You're part of the oppressor group. That's why. It's nothing to do with helping people. Of course, there's your typical criminal thugs who are looters and arsonists, but I'm not even talking about them. We know what they are. And it's happening right in front of our faces, but we've allowed them to take the language away from us. We've allowed them to create this unreality. And I'm saying, no, no more of that. No more of that. We can't have this unreality. We need to know exactly who they are and what they're doing, and we will. Those of you who haven't been listening for the first hour, you're just tuning in. I I wanted to encourage you to go to uh, Amazon. Or you can go to Barnes & Noble or Books a Million. And all the main retail stores will have the book. And if they don't, trust me, I will let you know. We're still waiting to hear from Costco as an example. Uh, But you can go on Amazon.com as an example and order now, pre-order a copy of uh, American Marxism. That's the name of the book. It's intended to grab your attention. It's intended to grab the attention because that's what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with liberals. We're not dealing with progressives. We're not dealing with democratic socialists. We're dealing with something far more dangerous. And if we can't even identify what it is, how the hell are we going to defeat it? So I'll have the guts. You know, you've heard me for months kind of dancing around this, right? calling the Marxists and neo-Marxists and so forth. Then you've heard the usual backbenchers on TV and radio picking it up 
repeating it. And by the way, everybody on TV and radio is not a backbencher, but there are a lot of them. So you just have to have the, the will of your conscience, the will of your principles. You have to have been around long enough to know that you got to lead. you gotta, you got to make the case. Otherwise, what's the point of having this microphone? I'm not interested in doing the Ted Mac Variety Hour here. I'm not interested in counting how many guests I can bring on this program at a given time. I don't care about all that. They contribute something great. But if you're going to take the time to listen to this program, either live or on the podcast or however, you're going to interrupt your life, your dinner, your drive home, whatever you're doing. Then let's not play checkers. Let's really get to the nub of the matter. And this is the nub of the matter. And so I'm hoping that as many of you as possible will go ahead and pre-order the book. I hope you'll make sure that if you have a child in college or going to college or in high school, a grandchild perhaps, or a friend or a neighbor, but certainly yourself, that you'll read this right up to the end. Because the last chapter is very, very, I think you'll find it very compelling about things that we can do. And not just from a generalized perspective, but very specific things. Now, you won't be able to do everything in that chapter, but there's a few things that you should be able to do. And we're an army of tens of millions. And I just want to keep reminding you of the Tea Party movement, the Reagan Revolution, the Trump Revolution. We can do this. And I want to remind you on whose shoulders we stand, the men and women who who gave us this magnificent country. Isn't that what you want to give your children and grandchildren? Do you want them to keep going to school and hearing how racist they are, racist the other guy is? I mean, what the hell are we raising here? We're going to be raising balkanized, tribalized people based on race and other things that are going to beat each other's throats. They're tearing this country apart. It's happening right now in elementary schools. Our colleges, almost all of them, with a few, few exceptions, are not are not bastions of free speech and bastions of academic freedom. They're bastions of old Soviet rule, where people are intimidated or they feel threatened. Where there's one ideology, where the speakers can only speak one ideology, where the commencement speakers can only speak one ideology. Where professors are shamed and students are coward. The hell is this? We pay for those universities and colleges. They're called, for the most part, public institutions. Okay, we're the public. We sit here and watch this? We pay the property taxes for these elementary schools and middle schools and high schools. We sit here and watch this? We're going to allow these teacher union thugs? That doesn't mean all you teachers hang in there. But a lot of these teacher union thugs take our kids and brainwash them against us and against our country? That's not what's supposed to be going on in that damn classroom. And yet we're paying for them, their salaries, their pensions, their medical care, their glasses. We're paying for everything. And we have no say in it. Now, we don't have to put up with this. Big tech, big media, we don't have to put up with that. There are things we can do. We can't make things perfect. We're mature. We get it. No one's perfect. No country's perfect. That's the game of the left. Look at this. We have inequality. Right. And Mark's killed 100 million people, so why are you chasing him? Why are you following him? So I'm, I'm waiting for a backlash here, so I'm, I'm hopeful that if we can show significant numbers, that it's going to be 
either less likely, perhaps never occur, or if it does occur, we'll be able to push back very, very strongly. Because in the end, these corporatists understand money. In the end, these corporatists understand money. So if you're thinking about the book or you're interested in the book, I just want to encourage you, all you Levinites out there, to go ahead and pre-order it now. You can go to Amazon.com if you want to go to Barnes & Noble or Books A Million or some of these other retail sites. You can do that too. But Amazon.com, you just type in uh, American Marxism. Did you ever think you'd hear those two words in the same breath? I mean, I spent a lot of time thinking about this title. I had one, it was something like, uh, let's see, suppression and subversion and something or other. And I said, now, wait a minute here. What is, that's, that's the result of what's going on. That's the, that's the tactic of what's going on. What is this? And I said, well, the whole book is explained. American Marxism, that's what it is. It's an American form of Marxism. It's the Americanization of Marxism. Not by patriots, but by people who are taking advantage of our liberty, our republicanism, our constitutional system, to destroy it. And that's what they do. So Joe Biden, some reporters wanted to ask him a few questions. He only got a couple. And he thought to himself, I better get the hell out of here. You know why, Mr. Producer? His depends. His depends are starting to... Well, you get the drift. Cut three, go. What do you say to the folks in India? I'm sorry, I'm going to... This last question I'll take, and I'm really going to be in trouble. Be in trouble with whom? In trouble with whom? Who, who, with whom is he going to be in trouble? Don't you think that's bizarre? <laughs> really, I mean, I gotta, I gotta go, you know. Dr. Jill, you know, she's, she's very tough. She's a hell of a... No, no, I gotta, they're gonna be in trouble. Do you know who Rochelle Walensky is, ladies and gentlemen? Ever hear of Rochelle Walensky? Do you know what she did before... Of course you don't, neither do we. She's the director of the CDC. So she holds her press conference today. And in part, here's what she says. Cut for go. Today is another day we can take a step back to the normalcy of before. Over the past year, we have spent a lot of time telling Americans what they cannot do, what they should not do. Today, I'm going to tell you some of the things you can do if you are fully vaccinated. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What is this uh, scientific fascism? You can put your suggestions out there. That's what, what do you mean you're going to tell us what we can do and can't do? You're going to arrest us? Today, you made a statement, and the, uh, the idiot in the Oval Office walked out with a mask doing exactly the opposite of what he was telling people they could do, telling us that we could do something that's already being done in so much of America and certainly in places like Florida and other states. That is, if you've been vaccinated, 
And let's say you decide to take a hike. You don't have to wear a mask. Or if you take a horseback ride, you don't have to wear a mask. Or even if you're with other people, as long as you're not in a scrum in an elevator, you don't have to wear a mask. Wow. And here I thought I figured that out myself. I'm vaccinated. Okay. I can go outside in the fresh air. Yes. And I don't have to wear a mask. Imagine that. I get contacted all the time by experts and doctors. I mean the best of the best. Out of Yale, out of Stanford. Even were contacted at the, uh, the Rockefeller College. Um, other institutions. I can't remember off the top of my head. And they have trashed what this advice has been since early on. Just because it has the patina of a, of a government official doesn't mean it's right. Or doesn't mean it's, 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 even apart from right, doesn't make it wise. Doesn't make it wise. As I said earlier, you can't force somebody across the street to get vaccinated. You can't force a coworker to get vaccinated. You're getting vaccinated. Why? To protect yourself from the virus, however it comes at you. And that way you also protect other people who aren't vaccinated. But you're vaccinated to protect yourself. That's why you get vaccinated. Oh, I know all the, the, uh, the high-mindedness about, no, no, you're getting vaccinated to protect other people. No, I'm not. I'm getting vaccinated because I don't want to get this thing. I don't know Ernie Grabotsky down the street. I'm getting vaccinated because they said Pfizer, Maduro, Johnson & Johnson that it's 95% effective. In fact, I heard the guy from Pfizer say, as far as they're concerned, statistically now it's 100% effective. Over 100 million people have gotten these vaccines. It clearly is unbelievably, fabulously effective. That's why I'm taking the vaccine. To protect me from the virus. So when I go out on the street and this airborne virus is bouncing around out there, tiny, tiny, tiny of the, you know, it's bouncing around, going through the air, however it happens. It's a guy from MIT just did a big study. He says it's six feet or 60 feet. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, he says. That doesn't matter. Mass doesn't matter. Lockdown doesn't matter. Trump understood all this, viscerally understood all this. That's why he pushed like hell for the vaccine, okay? So that's why I have the vaccine. I don't care how many quacks are out there giving contradictory advice. I have the vaccine, and it is 95 to 100% effective. That's it. Now I'm going to go outside. May I go outside without a mask? I think I will. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. 
Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Well, let's see here. It's a short segment, and I want to get into John Kerry. And I also want to get into this stuff that the Trotskyite wing of the Marxist-oriented Democrat Party doesn't think Biden's going far enough, ladies and gentlemen. They want a massive expansion of Medicare, which is going bankrupt, of course. They want a prescription drugs plan for all American families. They want uh, free college. They want family leave. They want, they want, they want. Now, anybody with two ounces of common sense knows that this is crazy stuff. And I say this. Why the hell should you and I pay for all this crap? I'm going to talk about more of this in the third hour. We'll develop a little bit both of these issues, and we have a fantastic guest coming up as well. Why don't you head over to Amazon? You can pull up, there's a brief description of the American Marxism book, and be among the first to order a first edition copy, and you'll get it as soon as it is released. Get a first edition copy. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader Mark Levin Hello America, I'm Mark Levin a number 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 we'll take some calls after the bottom of the hour um I'll be doing Levin TV tomorrow. I will be on radio tomorrow. And then after the Biden speech, I will be on Blaze TV with my friend Glenn Beck, providing some initial comments on, uh, on the Biden speech. I can tell you already, if you listen to it with the right understanding and the knowledge base, and you, you do, uh, you'll see what he's saying. And, you'll, and then you'll pick up on the language, you'll pick up on the narrative. It's going to press the divisions in America that the Democrats helped to create, if not exploit. 
And that'll be based on race. It'll be based on sex. And it'll be based on immigration. These are the big three that they always use and they will use it. So that is a form of, um, of uh, oppressed versus oppressor. And you folks, the American citizen, regardless of your backgrounds, are right, you're the oppressor, okay? Then you're going to hear some of the economic Marxism about class warfare and sticking it to the rich and paying their fair share. And, uh, and he may pick out a, f- a handful of uh, titans who don't pay taxes, many of whom support his campaigns, including uh, Amazon and big tech. So you'll see the class warfare aspects of this. You're also going to hear the frontal assault on the capitalist market system. Also, uh, in line with the Marxist mindset uh, about um, how uh, our environment is being destroyed. Now, he's going to stop it. You'll hear the word carbon, carbon dioxide, decarbonize which I thought you did with soda, but apparently you do it in the environment too. decarbonize uh, certain uh, aspects of the economy. He's going to talk about these grandiose goals that he has because that's sort of what Marxism is all about, right? Workers' paradise. And all these bad things are just going to kind of fall away. And so he'll be painting a picture of that which is impossible, but which will require you not only to give up your money and your private property rights, but to give up your lifestyle and ultimately your individualism and your liberty. We'll talk about electric cars like he is a a director of the Jetsons cartoon. Won't matter. And he wants you to think that this is all possible because we're Americans. So he'll take the Marxist construct and superimpose it and project it onto us. So I've already done the debunking and the unraveling of the Biden speech. Let's see how close I come. Let's see how close I come. And if you get your copy of American Marxism, this is just the tip of the iceberg, and you'll be able to do a hell of a lot more than that, that's for sure. And here's a piece in USA Today by Joey Garrison. Wait a minute. The Joey Garrison? Yes, that one. Democrats pressure Biden to include Medicare expansion, prescription drugs in his American Families Plan. Democrats are Capitol Hill are ramping up pressure on Biden to make Medicare expansion and prescription drug measures part of his upcoming American Families Plan. Now, the American Families Plan, again, do not accept their nomenclature, is really the big government plan. That's all. It's not a plan for American families. They don't support the uh, nuclear family. They support abortion on demand, paid for by taxpayers. They reject the idea of, uh, of, uh, of, of families that, that oppose some of their uh, cultural demands. Uh, it's critical race theory. Um, that kind of preaching undermines and destroys a family. Because, again, keep in mind, Marx wanted to destroy the nuclear family. He wanted to destroy the culture. He wanted to destroy education. He talks about this in the Communist Manifesto, which is just one of his writings, by the way. And as I was researching this, maybe some of you already knew this. Did you know Marx was a journalist? Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Yeah. I mean, seriously, that does say a lot. Marx was a journalist early on. And among others, he wrote columns. He contributed to the uh, New York Sun. He hated Horace Greeley's guts. But he contributed to the New York Sun nonetheless. And he was what we would call classical liberal, more of sort of a libertarian 
type. But then he swung. He really got his mind into Rousseau and Hegel, these other philosophers, and then he he started to develop his own ideology, which we now know as Marxism or historical materialism. I don't have a lot of time in the book to get into that. I did in a prior book, Ameritopia. I get into other things that require immediate attention in order to preserve our country and go on offense. But nonetheless, he was a journalist for a long time. He was also a very poor man, uh, not by birth. His father was relatively wealthy at the time um, and uh, helped subsidize his lifestyle, as did his partner in hate, Engels. And he had a family, he had several kids. And incidentally, he would play the stock market. He would play the stock market. It's like, you know, the, one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, who trashes capitalism and yet is a major property owner. And then she trashes people as white supremacists who dare to question her. It's all, it's all kind of cute, isn't it? Circular, but they got it all figured out. Hey, I got a ticket. Oh, that must be white supremacy. Hey! You know, you get it. In a letter to Biden on Sunday, 17 senators led by Senate Budget Committee Chairman Bernie Sanders... Now, there's a commie. There's a communist, Bernie Sanders. I've invited him on my programs. I can't tell you how many times. He's a gutless wonder. He will not come on the programs. He'll go on MSLSD or CNN, you know, wherever they're going to slobber all over Bernie. And Bernie knows a lot about slobbering himself. But he's an old red. He's an old soapbox red, the type that used to stand on the corner in their, in their raincoats and yell at the top of their lungs, um, against capitalist system and try and stir the pot and so forth. But this guy is an old red, and the soapbox he uses is the uh, floor of the United States Senate. And he's taken seriously, and he's had an enormous impact on our country. Now, if you listen to the Democrats who talk about one man, one vote, who attack the Electoral College as not being democratic, who attacked redistricting as not being democratic. Here we have a senator from a state that has about 12 people. No offense. I have, no, I have nothing against Vermont. Maybe I'll escape there one day. You never know. But Vermont is sort of our Finland, you know. Uh, except more socialist. And uh, I didn't vote for him, did you? So here we have Bernie Sanders from one of the sm- least populated states who is winding the uh, stupid doll, Joe Biden, who's from one of the least populated states, trying to impose on us their ideology, and in Biden's case, his legacy. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi last week called for Biden's plan to include measures to reduce health care costs and prescription drug prices as House Democrats revived a drug price negotiation bill. You know what? Here's the thing. When you look at these communist societies, the price for medicine and the price for health care is death. The price for medicine and the price for health care is no care. Well, the price for medicine and the price for health care is health care that would, that would shock you. No serious health care. But everybody's equal, except, of course, for the elites, you know, like the founding communists of the uh, Black Lives Matter group. You don't even have toilet paper. 
You don't have clean syringes. You don't have sterile operating rooms. You don't have access. And put a, you know, forget about Venezuela. Forget about Cuba. Forget about those places. Look at other places. Like the paradises they call Europe. Paradises in Europe. Better yet, look north of the border, Canada. Canadians coming to this country, they have to wait six months. I used to have the list from the great Fraser Institute. You can probably find it yourself. It only gets worse. Six months for knee operations, knee procedures. Months and months for heart procedures. People die before they even see a uh, specialist. And they pay through the throat. I mean, their taxes are enormous. And this is how they, quote-unquote, cut costs. Cut costs. Cut costs by denying people proper and quality health care. That's how you cut costs. And I would ask you this. 17% of the GDP goes toward medical care of all kinds, comprehensively, 17%. Well, what else should it go to? Welfare payments, redistribution of wealth, more bureaucracy, more spending for the cities and states, 17%. They say, we need to cut that. Have you talked to a doctor later, lately who takes Medicare patients? Well, you ought to. And you see how they're being squeezed. We don't have enough doctors. Our Medical practices are under attack. God knows we have enough slip and fall lawyers. That I can tell you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, there's a gentleman out there who's showing a lot of school districts, parents in school districts, how to fight back. They'll fight back against the uh, thuggish National Education Association and AFT-related unions. And to fight back against critical race theory. And how to fight their way into the school systems, which we, parents and taxpayers alike, own. And you've seen him lately. His name is Ian Pryor. He runs, or is founder of... Fightforschools.com. Ian, how are you, sir? Nice to meet you. How are you doing, Mark? Thanks for having me on. I, I not only want you to tell us briefly what you're doing, but I want you to explain to millions of listeners, many of whom are parents, many of whom are confronting what you're confronting in our county, Loudoun County, 
on what they can do about it. I want you to inspire them to fight back. Anyway, give us an example of what's going on, what you're doing, and what they can do, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Look, this is this is really infecting the country at local levels all over the place. And what you're seeing is that you have these, these bureaucrats you know, on the school boards, working at the schools that have really gone unchecked for decades. And they are putting in place curriculum and concepts in our schools that, for the most part, people haven't been aware of. And it's really hitting critical mass now where you're seeing kindergartners being taught about white supremacy. And not the kind of white supremacy where we're talking about the Ku Klux Klan, but white supremacy as in, you know, you drive a Volvo. And these are the things that are being sent on a near daily basis to us at Fight for Schools. And so what we are doing is saying we are going to bring big league politics to local politics. We are, you know, it's great to go and talk at school boards. It's great to send letters to the editor. But these folks have had the backing of special interest for years. And so what you need to push back against these people is really raw political and at times legal power. That is the only way that you are going to make change. So that's why we set up a political action committee and we're going to raise money and we're going to basically run a traditional campaign against these school board members. Now, we're going to start with the recall effort. But we're not going to stop there. I, you know, I said at the school board meeting today, we can do this all day, every day until the next election, because we have more tips and stories from teachers, students, parents than, quite frankly, the school board and the administration has time. So it's really about a, a dedicated effort to, to save your children's future and, and going on offense and not backing down when they try and label you, because once you push back against their, their claim that you're racist and you say, you know what, I'm not, I know who I am, and I'm not going to be intimidated by, by your labeling, that's all they have. They have nothing left, and they cannot defend their policies at any level. Are you having success at uh, seeing them claw back a little bit on this critical race theory? Now you've helped expose it, that's for sure. Yeah, I think we are having success, and, and here's a few metrics that, that tell me that. When I first got involved, it was really you know, a handful of dedicated folks going out to school board meetings. Um, you know, but the, there, it wasn't in the national news a ton. Um, a lot of people, I call them the middle third, that, that may not necessarily be paying attention to this, but if they knew what was going on, they wouldn't be happy. That's where we're starting to see a lot of traction. I'm getting calls and emails from people that consider themselves traditional liberals, and they are ab- absolutely appalled. We're getting, we're getting um, outreach from teachers in schools saying, it's great what you're doing. Let me tell you what else is going on. So as, these, as this information comes in, it creates a continued narrative that, quite frankly, the, the school board and the school administration has no idea how to respond to. Because like I said, they've had a free pass for all these years. But when you get parents that can organize they can set up an organization, can strategize and employ tactics to really shine a spotlight of accountability on these, these government bodies, they are, they're on defense. And, and quite frankly, what they end up doing is they'll say something like, you know, in Loudoun County, they'll say, well, we don't do critical race theory. Well, today at the school board, I went there and, and foia a bunch of um, 
invoices from their equity consultant, right? That's the, the firm that they paid half a million dollars to in 2019 to come in and tell Jeez. them that they were racist. And they're currently paying this group $650 an hour. Now, I say, I say wow. they're paying them. What I should say is we are paying them. And so I looked at the invoice, and the invoice said, um, follow-up session teaching uh, coaching critical race theory development. Well, the mm. superintendent has been saying we don't do critical race theory, so clearly you're either incompetent or you're lying. And, and it, these are the kind of sort of investigative things that, that parents can do through FOIAs and, and, and then you know, putting it in front of the school board, putting it in the national media, sending out press releases, raising money, and then eventually what we're going to do is we're going to start doing paid media. So these folks are going to get really uncomfortable when we start bypassing, you know, the local media that doesn't cover it. Now, let me ask Washington you something. Post with, yeah. they, they tried to strike back at you guys, too, didn't they? They did. They the teachers. Did, but the interesting they, – they did. The interesting thing is they struck back when it was really just, you know, a handful of people talking about this stuff. So, you know, you had this group, the anti-racist parents of Loudoun County – and they, they basically created a campaign in their private Facebook. First of all, let's um, slow down a second just for the Notice how they use the names. They're the anti-racists when, in fact, they're the racists. That's absolutely right. They're and the ones promoting racism. Yeah, it, everything is about identity groups to them, right? They, they don't want to look at the individual. So, again, you know, I read a passage from this, this consultant that they hired, and this consultant in their – presentation on critical race theory said that meritocracy, liberalism, and equal opportunity for all perpetuate white power. Mm-hmm. These are the people that we're paying $650 an hour for. And they take that right out of the to... kooks in the 1970s and these law schools who developed this stuff, and they took it right out of the kooks in the 1930s. We know where all this stuff comes from, and now it has leached heavily into our schools. Can you hold on for a minute? I want people to know if they want to learn from what you're doing, which you're doing a hell of a job, how they can contact you. So be ready for an influx, how they can contact you to get some advice. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. All right. See Ian Pryor, fightforschools.com founder. And they are fighting, and I'm glad they're in Loudoun County, but you need to have one in every county. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Luffin, an unapologetic patriot and unapologetic co-
constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. We're with Ian Pryor, fightforschools.com, where he's really taking on this, uh, really this, this destruction of our public school system in what is the richest county in America. It's absolutely, it's going to happen in Loudoun County, can happen in anywhere, and I'm guessing it's happening everywhere. And he's explaining how to fight back. You know, Ian Pryor, I was a school board member many, many years ago. And uh, when I ran for office, I, I, at the time, I didn't know all these things. I created something called the Committee for Tax Limitation. And I used that committee, uh, and I went to what was called coffee clatches. And I was 19 years old, and we built up a strong base to get involved in the election of school board members because I thought the Republican Party was really quite uh, moderate, if not liberal, and not particularly effective. And I was a Reagan guy. I used that, and um, we had school board meetings, and they duked it out with the union, pretty much. Throughout my tenure on the school board, you talk about FOIA, we did the same thing, and we would have these meetings and so forth. I think it would help if we could get really even one truly solid conservative who has some guts and is going to keep his or her guts when they're on the board on the inside who can provide information and I I don't mean leak it just publicly say no no no, this is what we're doing this is what's going on I have the documents and so forth is that something you've thought about yes and and I think that you know one of the projects that, that we're looking forward to is finding those candidates finding school board candidates that are going to understand the responsibility they have to parents and students and transparency and honesty. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, is the most important thing that we can get in our school board, because this is something that is closest to us. It has the most effect on the things that we care about the most, which ultimately are our children and their education. And if we don't have that kind of transparency and that kind of honesty and that kind of fearlessness of people up on that school board willing to challenge the special interests, then we're in for some serious problems for the next generation. And um, I find when a lot of these people get on the board, they're frauds. At least that's what I found. These so-called Republicans I ran with, they campaign one way and they get on another. But I like the activism, really. It's very, very important. I I like the way you're able to get... uh, the attention of the nation and others, and this is very important what you're doing for the whole country. So if people want to learn more, if they're talking, if they're looking at their own school systems and they're deeply concerned, you can give them a little bit of advice, it seems to me. How would they contact your group? So the first thing I would recommend is, is go to fightforschools.com, sign up for the email updates, because then you'll see everything we're doing, whether it's you know the stories that we're pushing or when we get to paid media, but then if they want to email us, it's just simply info at fightforschools.com because we really envision this as a model that will pop up everywhere in the country, parent-centered organizations that can fight back against the special interests that are taking over our schools. And, and we'd be, there would be nothing better to see a thousand of these things pop up in the next few years. I agree. And that's what we're going to have to do. And I'm going to help you do it, Ian, because I've had enough of this crap. Well, thank right. you very much, Mark. It's a, great, it's a great pleasure. Keep up the good work, and thank you for everything you're doing. You're, you're a shining example to the nation. Thank you, Mark. All right. That's Ian Pryor with uh, FightForSchools.com. Is that the site again, Mr. Producer, FightForSchools.com? Let's put it up on Parlor. 
And you folks out there who are facing the same kind of problems, you can check it out there, and I think you'll get some pretty good uh, ideas on how to fight this because that's how you're going to win these battles. There's about 15,000 school districts. I might be off by 1,000 or so. Can you imagine? I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about this later. All right. I want to talk about a couple other things here. And John Kerry, an update on John Kerry. John Kerry, in a rather terse Twitter post, tweeted out that uh, he never provided information to Zarif, the Islamo-Nazi foreign minister for the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran. He categorically denied that he informed the Iranian foreign minister about 200 Israeli attacks on Iranian targets in Syria. But this needs to be investigated because John Kerry has a long life of serial lying. And I believe he's lying now. And he needs to be placed under oath. And Jim Garrity over at National Review hit the nail on the head. He says, uh, let's see here. He says, for what it's worth, former Secretary of State Kerry denied late yesterday he'd informed the Zarif about 200 Israeli attacks on Iranian targets in Syria. Some of the usual suspects on Twitter eager to defend Kerry made an implausible claim that those Israeli attacks were public knowledge at the time and asked, you don't normally believe anything that comes out of Iran, why now? Kerry's defenders need to reread the New York Times piece that started all this. The comment comes from Foreign Minister Zarif, who met with Kerry many times while Kerry was Secretary of State during Obama's second term. In fact, you may recall Kerry and Zarif continuing their conversations after Kerry left office. By Iranian standards, Zarif is one of the nicer guys, one who is more eager to engage with the West, and to the extent Kerry has a maybe friend, it's putting it too strongly, but to the extent Kerry has a reliable partner in the Iranian regime, Zarif is the guy. If this is all a big lie from Zarif to make Kerry look bad, why would Zarif do that? Why would he want Kerry to look bad? What would Zarif have to gain by trying to make the former U.S. government official most eager to reach a deal appear incapable of keeping secrets? Sure, the Iranian regime lies all the time, but if this is a lie, why would the foreign minister lie about his favorite negotiating partner in this case? Yeah, Mr. Pizer and Salah Kerry, why would he do that? This is the sum total of what the original Times article says about Kerry. Former Secretary of State John Kerry informed him that Israel had attacked Iranian interests in Syria at least 200 times to his astonishment, Mr. Zarif said. So this morning, subsequent reporting by the New York Times provides a little more context. They wrote, the recording in question captures Mr. Zarif speaking for hours to an interviewer, producing an oral history of the current Iranian administration. Kerry has to tell me that Israel has attacked you 200 times in Syria, says Zarif, who complains in the recording that Iran's military has long kept him in the dark on crucial matters. You did not know the interviewer asked twice? Both times, Mr. Zarif replies, no, no. So the entire cover-up by the Praetorian Guard, by the left-wing Democrats, by the fools on big tech, are lies. Are lies. You did not know the interviewer asked twice? Both times, Mr. Zarif replies, no, no. That is... Kerry, meaning he didn't know that the Israelis were behind 200 attacks. In the recording, Mr. Zarif does not specify when Mr. Kerry was supposed to have made the comment. From that, from that, writes Garrity, 
We don't know whether the alleged leak was before or after public reports in September 2018. Israel struck 200 Iranian targets in Syria, but the fact that Zarif was surprised by what Kerry had told him and that the Iranian military had not kept him in the loop strongly suggests this information had not yet appeared in the news reports. Actually, to me, it's a uh, sh- open and shut case. Because otherwise, what would Zarif be surprised about? What is he saying no to? It's likely that the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps already knew or strongly suspected Israel was behind these attacks. Anyway, it goes on. It's actually a pretty, pretty sharp piece. That said, it makes no sense whatsoever. None. No sense whatsoever. That Zarif would even bring it up. If it was already in the newspapers. And John Kerry's just saying something like, oh, geez, did you see in the newspapers? And, and how would this work exactly? Let's think of it this way, mathematically. You mean John Kerry just one day says, you know, all those attacks, 200 attacks against the Iranian military outlets in Syria, you know, the Israelis did that. As opposed to every time it's public, every time one of the attacks is public, John Kerry tells him, so it can't possibly be that. It's John Kerry told him, you know those 200 attacks? Yeah, those are the Israelis. Something like that. And you can see and hear John Kerry doing exactly that. John Kerry needs to be investigated. He needs to be placed under oath. And I've had enough of this crap with the Democrat Party covering up for their own mob. Whether it's Swalwell, whether it's Kerry, whether it's Waters. These people conduct themselves like mobsters, and that's exactly what they are. They sell out this country. They undermine this country. And the Democrat Party protects them. Why? Because the Democrat Party is selling out this country and undermining this country. Again, the Democrat Party hates America. Got that? Got that media matters and media? Spread it. The Democrat Party hates America. It's quite obvious. And so do their surrogates in the media. In the New York Times, I can't wait. I can't wait for the next article in the New York Times trashing me, Mr. Producer. Taking a little sleazy shot. It just gives me another opportunity to expose that crap newspaper for the propaganda machine it has always been. And a propaganda machine for what and for whom? For the Nazi Germanys during the Holocaust? Not Nazi uh, Germans during the Holocaust? For the Stalinists during the slaughter of the Ukrainians? For the brutal communists? During the overthrow and the revolution in Cuba? Oh, yes. Yes, that's the record of the New York Times. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. 
And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. By the way, we had two great guests on Life, Liberty, and Live In on Sunday. Leo Terrell and Heather McDonald. And it was the highest rated show, not just on Fox, on CNN and MSNBC, the entire Sunday. And I want to thank you, Levinites out there. You are the great patriots. I mean, you know what? I am so blessed to have you folks out there. And I want us to drive this agenda, the mission, to take our country back for the Marxists and the other radicals. And so if you have a chance... Please go to Amazon.com or you can go to Barnes & Noble and Books a Million uh, sites as well. And order your, pre-order your copy of American Marxism. I literally finished this book. What is today? Tuesday? Sunday. I put some additional changes in there. And we're moving as fast as we can to get it out to you. But we want to show the industry. We want to show the potential uh, censors out there. Uh, the potential cancel culture types who will definitely take a run. I'm convinced of it. Take a run at me in the book uh, that they're going to fail. And maybe we'll be able to prevent it depending on how we get our pre-orders in here. So if it's the kind of book you think you're going to get anyway, you're going to get or get it for your kids or get it for neighbors or whomever. I want this to be the, the Thomas Paine moment. I want this to be the, American crisis moment that I've talked to you about year after year after year. I want this to be the moment that we push back. And this, I think, is the book. This is going to be the way we do it. And I know many of you are very upset and very frustrated. I share your beliefs. I love this country, too. And I want what's best for my children and grandchildren and all of you, too. And at times it looks very dark out there, very bleak. And this book is intended to help us. It's called American Marxism. A title that I'm sure they're going to hate. It was posted on Amazon.com this afternoon for the first time. And you can get a first edition copy by getting your order in now. And as I was explaining in the first hour of the program, let's say you order the book and there's no discount or there's a meager discount and at some point they discounted at 40% or something like that, you will get the benefit of that greater discount. That's how Amazon works. Again, you can also do it through Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, or wherever you wish. But we're hoping we can get this book into the top 500, the top 100 on Amazon as soon as possible and send a message. A message which is, uh-oh, the silent majority has now been awakened. The American patriots now are prepared to go on the move. That's the purpose. That's the goal. That's why the pre-orders are important. The book is American Marxism. Amazon.com. I hope you'll take advantage of this opportunity and order your first edition copy. Mr. Producer, can we take a call? Do we have time? Yes. KFLD Anthony in Washington State. How are you, sir? 
I'm doing great. How are you, Mark? I'm doing better today. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. So I originally called about just the disconnect between personal responsibility and health care that this health crisis pandemic has caused. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to transition a little bit from that into where the state's health care systems actually had bankrupted themselves. You need to get right to your point or you're going to be uh, you're going to be cut off by the top of the hour. The way the. Uh, the way the state healthcare systems went broke through Obamacare, now mm-hmm. we're paying the price with our other states having to subsidize those states. You're exactly right. And they've also basically bankrupted Medicaid. Uh, some of these Republican states held back, but some of them buckled, like Chris Christie wants to be president. Uh, they took the Medicaid funds. It was a fast uh, pick-me-up. And they got about 100% of Medicaid to refund through Obamacare for a couple of years, and then it was dropped. And now they have to fight for every penny they can get for the federal government via the Obamacare program. So uh, some of these Republican governors, all the Democrat governors, are no damn good. Thank you for your call, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. We're going to walk through these issues for the next several months until the book is finally released, as well as many, many other issues. And I want to thank you. See you tomorrow.